Mic check. Mic check. One, two, one, two. Mic check. One, two, one, two. Let me get myself settled real quick. Mic check. One, two, one, two. Damn chords all over the place. Uh, yes. It's a taste to consider podcast. Yes, indeed. We are back. Back for another episode. It's been a minute. I had to take some time away from the show. Yes, I had to take some time away from the show. All right, let me get these chords straight. Yeah, so I had to take some time away from the show. Uh, Had a death in the family. So... I'm going to start off this pod. Y'all know I always start off with some music. So, I'm going to start off this pod, the intro, dedicated to my cousin, Latasha Renee Silva. She was a big Usher fan, so it's only right for me to start the show off with some Usher. Let's go. Say stick and sit a podcast. Well, come here, baby, and let daddy show you what it feel like. You know all you gotta do is to be what you're sipping on. And I promise that I'm gonna keep it coming all night long. So you stick and sit a podcast. Let's go. So you stick and sit a podcast. What you had planned to 
Um, yeah. So, you know, it's the holiday time. Thanksgiving just passed. So love up on your family and friends. And make sure, you know, you think about those people who lost somebody. And, you know, those people who, who are alone around this time because these times can be difficult during the holidays and, you know, just there's some people out here that's, you know, don't have the the close family, don't have the family get-togethers, the family gatherings and stuff like that, like, you know, you may see on TV and stuff. So, you know, some people out here that's kind of probably struggling around this time. So, you know, keep those people in your thoughts and your prayers. Uh, also, yes, it still is holiday time, so be safe out there as well. You know what I'm saying? Um, there's some desperate people out here. There's some stupid people out here. It's some, man, it's, it's, it's crazy out here. So be careful out there while you shopping for the holidays and stuff like that. You know what I'm saying? Just, just be safe. Be safe. <laughs> be safe, you know? I got the uh, Ring app, man. Every day, every day, I'm getting alerts throughout the day about somebody, somebody uh, shooting, robbed, whatever. And it's just, it's, it's crazy out here. Um, yeah, so that's why I keep my ass in the house as much as possible. I spent a lot of money on making my house comfortable for me to enjoy. <laughs> The tasting room, my backyard, even though it's fall time and it's a little chilly, shoot. I got the fire pit back there and everything, so you know what I'm saying? I I like to stay in the house. It's is it's, it's kind of crazy out here. But um It's funny cause I came across this clip in the midst of me um getting the show together. And uh <laughs> I'm gonna play this clip because I just thought the joint was it is it's real. But I just thought it was funny. Like, I thought the timing of me running across the um, this clip was funny. So let me uh pull that Jonah up and and play. It. Shout out to all the listeners. Uh, shout out to all the viewers, YouTube viewers. I should be out of YouTube jail by now. It's been long enough. I haven't checked, but as as I'm speaking right now, I'm also recording. So, you know, um, uh, a new uh, <laughs> YouTube recording should be up, um, you know, um, soon. <laughs> but let me uh, play this clip. That's why it's, it's cool to stay in the house. It's cold outside. It is cool to stay in the house. There's nothing wrong with being in the crib. You think I pay all this fucking rent to just be outside all the time? You think I got all this fucking nice-ass furniture? I got this big-screen TV and this comfortable-ass couch? Sit your ass in the house, man. Sit in the crib. Ain't too much can happen while you're sitting in the crib. <laughs> Ain't nothing too much that can happen when you at your crib in your own comfort. That's why... And, um, yeah, I just thought that, that clip was funny that I came across that, you know, in the midst of me putting the show together. Well, um, yeah, I've been in my house for uh, 10 years. Um, it will be 11 years in January. 
but yeah, um, I've put a lot of time and effort into my basement, the ta- Rips Tasting Room, and my backyard just this year. And yeah, I'm all about just, you know what I'm saying, chilling in the house and staying out of trouble. I will be 41 in, uh, what's today? I will be 41 in five days. 41 in five days. I was in the gym today, and I was just, I was looking at myself. I was like, man, bruh. 41 i look nowhere near 41 and it was funny because when i was at the barber shop yesterday i was talking to my barber and he kept bringing up how um he kept running into people that he went to high school with and my barber like in his uh mid to late 50s or something and he was just talking about how like it's just some of them just look like they in their late 60s and early 70s he was like it's just it just looked crazy, and I was just thinking to myself and, and saying to him as well that, you know what I'm saying, yeah, it's like that. <laughs> it's like that with me too, you know. You see people that you went to school with and stuff like that, and it just people just didn't take care of themselves, you know what I'm saying, and they ain't age well and stuff like that, you know what I'm saying. They had a, um, they, they had a good time in their 20s and 30s, and that joke didn't – it didn't ele- – it didn't <laughs> – it didn't <laughs> – it didn't go along, um, you know what I'm saying? It didn't, it didn't register with their body, right? So you know what I'm saying? They not aging and looking too well, but um, yeah, I'll be 41 in five days, and I feel good. I look good. I definitely don't feel like no fucking 41. Definitely don't. Um, I feel like I'm in my early 30s. I'm honestly in the best shape of my life. Um, um, I will be writing a blog on that soon, um, probably uh, either this weekend or next weekend. But um, greatestiamblog.com, Instagram, greatest.i.am.blog, yeah. I definitely don't look or feel like 41. <laughs> but, um, yeah, make sure you take care of yourself and all that other good stuff. Um Speaking of ring cameras, um, that was burp number one. Sorry. Uh, today is the, right now is the day after Thanksgiving, um, November 25th. My birthday is November 30th. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm saying it, you know, just in case if y'all want to donate to the show or, you know what I'm saying, send me some well wishes or something like that. You know what I'm saying? I accept all of that stuff. But. November 20th, last Sunday, <laughs> I swear, the beauty of ring cameras, like, the beauty, the the uh, gift and the gift and curse of ring cameras, so, it's about 11, 20, 11, 30 p.m., Sunday night, I'm chilling in the tasting room, Watching TV and stuff, you know what I'm saying? Lounging and all that other good thing. All of a sudden, somebody rang my doorbell. I'm like, who the fuck could this be ringing my doorbell? So, I opened the ring app. I wasn't even giving, getting up to go to the door. I opened the ring app. And I'm about to play a clip for y'all. <laughs> Oh, my goodness. Hold on. Let me intro the show real quick. 
I, I forgot that I didn't even intro the show. It's a Tate's to Consider podcast. I'm your host, Dirk Silver, and I'm back. Back for another episode. And now we about to get back to this ring app story. <laughs> so, like I said, I wasn't getting up to go answer the door. But, you know, I got the ring app, so I can answer it that way. Here we go right here. Let me make sure I pull up the right, the right video. Um, because I got, I got three videos stay save where i'm gonna play the audio for you but i'm going i'm going to <laughs> i'm going to have an end credit scene for all the youtube viewers i'm gonna have an end credit scene for the youtube viewers so y'all can see this this nonsense that was going on next door to me all right let me make sure i pick the right video all right um let me turn this volume down just in case if this is the wrong video. Let me see. This should be the right one. Okay, all right, all right. This is the right one. <laughs> oh, my goodness, man. I swear, I was in my basement rolling. All right, let me play. You're going to jail. You're going to jail today. Hello? Hello? Can, um, literally I need help please. I need, can you please call the police? The person next door attacked me and called me a nigger. Okay. So that's what happened when my doorbell, when my doorbell went off, <laughs> right? <laughs> and it's funny, but it's not funny, okay? I it's funny because that was my first um that was the first um <laughs> that's what initially um <laughs> that's what initially you know what I'm saying alerted me to all of the drama that was going on next door right so I'm thinking like you know what I'm saying that was the start of everything. So I eventually opened up my ring app. But as you as you see, I only said hello. One, that ain't none of my business. Two, I just felt like he was lying. Granted, the dude that lives next door to me is a white guy. And the dude that rang my doorbell was a black dude, right? And y'all know how I am, blackity black, woke, all that other stuff. But... I'm I'm about to be 41 years old. I've seen enough and I've gone through enough to understand when domestic situations happen or whatever that sometimes they're they aren't real, right? That a lot of times, well I ain't going to say a lot of times, sometimes those situations can be messy. And I've been familiar with this neighbor for a while to understand that this situation was messy. But Damn, where where I left off? Where where did I leave off at before I said all that? 
So, yeah, like I say, it was none of my business. I wasn't calling no police. One, I'm not calling no police because he's a black dude. And you know how those situations can possibly go. And I don't want none of that on my hands. Two, he was already outside of the house. Like, you know what I'm saying? He At that point, he was at his own will. He could just leave, you know? He can call the police himself and leave. It shouldn't be no situation where he's still hanging around, you know? Um, but in the midst of me getting that my doorbell being rung and being alerted to the whole situation. I'm thinking that was the start of it. So I initially opened up my app, my Ring app, and then start, you know what I'm saying, scrolling through to see if anything happened before then. Here we go. I got two clips for y'all. And these two clips right here will be the end credit scenes for the YouTube, <laughs> for the YouTube viewers. All right, let me play the first one. I just want y'all to hear the audio, right? And this is how I knew my intuition was right in that moment where I knew that it was a messy situation because y'all heard that commotion like it was some fighting going on, right? The guy that rung my doorbell was fighting with another black dude that lived in the house with the white dude. So, <laughs> you can see now why I felt like something was off with the whole situation when he rung my doorbell. But then it, it was two more alerts on my rain camera before he rung my doorbell. That was the first one. This is the second one right here. Did you just hit me? Yeah, go ahead. Give me my motherfucking phone. Here, go get that shit. Fuck out of here. Did you? Did you? Did you? Did you? Did you? Oh, 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 oh. Oh, 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 you going to jail, bitch? Oh, you going to jail? Oh my God, you going to jail? Who are you going to jail? Oh my God, you going to jail today? Today, bitch, you are going to jail today, bitch. You got to be out your motherfucking mind. Woo! Bitch. And this, it, I ain't gonna lie, it was, after he rung my doorbell and I went through my app and looked at the those two videos beforehand, like, I was rolling, like, <laughs> because the shit was so funny. Okay, so the first video, when you heard the initial commotion or whatever, these niggas jumped out the door. These niggas jumped out the door over five steps that walk up to the house, like, you talking about some Wakanda forever action scenes. These niggas leaped out the, the out the front door over five steps going up to the house and landed on their feet. <laughs> and when you heard all the wrestling and stuff, they was all in the uh, bushes and all that other. <laughs> and then when the dude was like, you going to jail today. 
you going to jail today. Woo! <laughs> Man, I started rolling. And it was funny because I came across some neighbors and um, I heard them talking about it. And I even got asked about it. And it was just crazy. Like, it was so loud. It was so loud. Like, and this went on all the way for an hour. Like, it started from, he rung my doorbell around like 11, 20, 11, 30. But those two videos beforehand was the beginning of it. And the police came and all that other stuff. The police told him to leave the neighborhood and all that. He left for like a good 10 minutes, came back, was banging on their door again. Then he walked around to other people's houses and rang in their doorbell. And he eventually came back to my house again and rung my doorbell. At that time, it was like midnight. And I ain't even answer it then because I was getting pissed at that point because I wanted to uh, get up and answer the door and <laughs> cuss that nigga out. But I was like, nah, I'm a chill. So then he was just sitting outside the, 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 uh, my neighbor's front doorstep. And eventually they let him back in. <laughs> so like around 12, 20, 12, 30, they let him back in the house. So this is what I'm talking about right here. This is why I didn't call the police. This is why I was minding my own business. But, hey, the gift and curse of rain cameras. I mean, shit, this this is the the day and age we live in with cameras every fucking way. So this shit is just, it's out there. <laughs> and I'm just like, man, to have this footage. I wanted to make a meme out of that shit. I wanted to make a meme out of that shit when they leaped out the door off of the steps and landed on their feet because, man, I just don't understand how that shit was possible. But y'all will see. Like I said, I'm going to add that junk as it's going to be, you talking about Marvel and Wakanda Forever and stuff. It will be an end credit scene on the YouTube of this episode. <laughs> oh, man. I needed that laugh, though, um, last Sunday, though, with everything that was going on. I definitely needed that laugh. <laughs> well, uh, let's get into the show, man. Like I said, you know, it's been a minute, and you know why now. And um, <sighs> Let me look at this outline. Oh, man. <laughs> they had to be drinking that night because usually, you know what I'm saying, um, Usually over there, you know what I'm saying, they be doing uh some herbal some herbal supplements. Um, if you get my 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 drift. Um they weren't doing that that night because alcohol make you fight. <laughs> Especially that brown liquor. Them herbal supplements don't do that. Herbal supplements relax you, chill you out, you good. Yeah, they definitely weren't doing that that night. I showed it to my um my parents. Yesterday when I was over for Thanksgiving, they was rolling, man. Especially my dad. My dad was rolling. Everybody I showed it to has been rolling. <laughs> but yeah, man. Uh, let me get into this show. Um so I came across um this clip on Twitter um with Lil Scrappy. Lil Scrappy the rapper, and it was doing uh the love and hip hop uh season that's going on i used to watch love and hip-hop back in the day um with him on that i believe this is the atlanta one but um let me pull that clip up and um 
we're going to discuss it. Let me see. Um, yeah, I thought this was an interesting clip, but very telling um, for a lot of black men. Um, let me see. Where is that? Because uh, it's, it's actually two clips. I'm going to play this one first right here. This one, um, he got deep into saying what he was saying. Here we go right here. I just had to cool off, right? Just get my mind right, man, you know. But I really got to get this off my shit, man. Right. I just want to say this. I just want to say this. You and my mama. This is my wife. Mm-hmm. I don't have nobody if y'all ain't with me. I don't have nobody. I'm okay. with you. Like, at all that talking, cuz I need y'all to show me, cuz, for real. Okay. You gotta stop because you don't have nobody. That, that should make you support this even more because you know I want somebody. You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't even, like, I'm in love with this, all this. You know what I'm saying? And no one's arguing that. You know why I'm like I am with her? Because of what you saw me go through. I didn't know. No. I saw your lifestyle. I grew up in a whorehouse. I grew yep. up in a trap house. Yep. So all I knew was that. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. And I love you because you held it down and like you did what you had to do. But imagine you 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 never a had child to, point of view. You How never you had to sleep it? with your mama 24-7 because you couldn't go in your room. Okay. You never had to walk in on my dope. Yeah. You never had to walk in on my just, just, you know what I'm saying? The way I was raised, I had to deal with that because everything that happened, I had to deal with that. And I'm still dealing with it because ain't nobody come take me to give me no help. Ain't nobody got yeah. me no help. I got, I learned about that when I got older. Okay. okay. So do you, you know this real good? Like this what I, this in my head, in my head, my whole life, in my head, I go through. I don't, I can't even go to her, she hard. I can't go to you, you hard. So I'm on the concrete, my My granddaddy wow. ain't that hard. Wow. But guess what? And I ain't taking nothing from you because you put me there. You put money in, in, in my You You gave me to help my rap career and all that Ain't nobody do that but you. So I love my mama. It's okay though. And I love my wife. Yeah, but I love you. You feel me? But this is my baby. I just can't change his diaper. I was the best mother I could be. I'm not a perfect person, nor am I a perfect mother. No one is. But I want to turn a new cheek myself and get this family back to where it needs to be. I'm willing and ready to forgive him and his wife because we're supposed to be family and we should act like family and we should pray together and stay together. We all have our own upbringing, like there's just, we all need this moment. He meant that we never seen scrap like this. All right. Um, yeah, this stuff I talk about on the podcast all the time. I mean, I've, I've spoken about it in my own experiences dealing with a, uh, a mother that's 
that's hard that wasn't there for me uh emotionally and stuff like that and how it affected me in my life and it's a lot of black men out here that's like that and i'm gonna play the clip again and i'm gonna you know stop and go and and, and point out certain things but i think it, it was real important this clip was real important for a lot of black people to see men and women because i don't i this back and forth fighting that we always be doing or whatever is just it's exhausting and it's is is we're never going to move forward because nobody wants to hear each other nobody wants to hear each other um so let me play the clip um again and i'm gonna stop and go in and just point out certain things that um See. I just had to cool off, right? Just get my mind right, man, you know. And just with me starting the clip over again, and the first thing that's popping in my head is that a lot of black men aren't heard. They don't feel heard. They don't feel seen. We we don't we feel less than because we don't feel like we're human. We can't humanize ourselves. No one else tries to humanize us. And it's just like we stuck in a bubble and we're trying to figure out ourselves. We're trying to figure out the world around us. We're trying to figure out how to fit in that world around us. We're trying to figure out how to to be seen, to be heard, but also how to protect ourselves as well. But back to the clip. But I really got to get this off my shit, man. I just want to say this. I just want to say this. You and my mama, this is my wife. Mm -hmm. I don't have nobody if y'all ain't with me. I don't have nobody. I'm with you. And that's that's a lot of times where um, black men when they're in relationships and stuff, they're trying to be seen and heard from their significant other in their relationship, their partnership or whatever, because they didn't get that from their mother. And I'm not saying, you know what I'm saying? What's interesting is, is that you see a lot of shit on social media, memes and people with their, their talking points and, their uh think pieces and stuff like that and they they demonize black men for wanting to receive the things that they didn't get as a child they they try to make us feel guilty or feel bad for wanting to feel loved or wanting to have affection or wanting to have attention or wanting to be heard and stuff you know what i'm saying it's always this thing where um you need to come to me healed or you need to come i don't want to be um I don't want to be trying to help no man and all this other type, you know what I'm saying? All that type of language and that narrative and stuff like that. But it's like we're all on the same page. Like everybody, even even women, whether they got a daddy issue or mommy issue, just like men have daddy issues and mommy issues. We all got the same thing, but it's like, you know what I'm saying? We got to come strong and prepared and ready and 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 put together and all this other stuff but it's not the same on the other end it doesn't make sense 
And it's always that thing of it, it, it got to be a situation of. I'm going to get back to the clip. <laughs> I need y'all to show me cuz for real. <laughs> you know. Black men always hear, you know what I'm saying, I love black men I, or in their, in their personal relationships or partnerships, I love you and all this other stuff. But it's a difference between saying I love you and actually being loving. And a lot of times black men aren't used to being loved. We don't know what that loving experience is. And so a lot of times we suppress it and we be hard and all that other stuff. But then it's this contradiction or this coming out this this like, you know what I'm saying? They they want their they want their man to be emotional, much emotionally mature, emotionally available and all this other stuff. But then if he is, then it's a problem. He's too soft or he's weak or um he's clingy or something like that. You know what I'm saying? So it's always this weird ass contradiction with that with <laughs> with this dynamic. You gotta stop because you don't have nobody. That that should make you support this even more. Because you know I want somebody. And it's funny you know because like in the black community, you'll you'll see this a lot with black mothers and their black sons or whatever. And this goes all the way back to the Willie Lynch syndrome or the Willie Lynch theory about how black mothers would be so um, focused on protecting their son or making sure that the son don't end up like the father or they got issues with the father. So, you know what I'm saying? They take it out on the son and all that other stuff like that. Or they, they've they gone through so much trauma with, with black men and they didn't heal from it or they, you know what I'm saying, got caught up into the, the talk with their good, good girlfriends or their mother or their grandmother or their aunties and stuff like that. And then it's all it's already this wall put up or whatever. And it gets to the point where they try to make their their son their man. You know what I'm saying? Just like on Baby Boy when um Vin Rains was talking about talking to uh Tyrese and was telling him that he got an Oedipus complex. He want his mother to be his woman. And that 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 goes both ways. It be that way it be that way in those dynamics where the the son and the mother always just been together. You know what I'm saying? And that trauma is on both sides. Like I don't even like I'm in love with this, all this. You know what I'm saying? And no one's arguing that. You know why I'm like I am with her? Because of what you saw me go through. I didn't know. No. I saw your lifestyle. I grew up in a whorehouse. I grew yep. up in a trap house. Yeah. So all I knew was that. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. And I love you because you held it down and like you did what you had to do. But imagine you 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 never a had child to, point of view. You How never you had to sleep it? with your mama 24 seven because you couldn't go in your room. Okay. You never had to walk in on my and dope. Yeah. You never had to walk in on my just just you know what I'm saying? The way I was raised, I had to deal with that because everything that happened, I had to deal with that, and I'm still. And this is where a lot of times our childhood and these these um these programs that's been placed and these 
all these things where little boys got to be strong and don't cry and all this other stuff. You hurt yourself or you got to fight somebody. Somebody punch you. You make sure you hit them back. Don't don't be crying and all that other stuff. Toughen up, man up and all this other stuff. And then even a thing with a lot of parents and like black communities and stuff like that, the way that they were raised and just this cycle continuing of it just being a situation that they they believe or they've been taught that just because they provide clothes on your back, a roof over your head, food on the table and stuff, that that's parenting. And it's nothing wrong with that. That's that's part of it, right? But they don't go into anything else other than that. Just the emotional stuff and all of that mental stuff is just thrown out the window because they didn't receive it. And this is not the to throw a a blame game or anything like that you know what i'm saying because like i said this is what they were taught but a lot of parents gotta realize like you know what i'm saying they wasn't raising children they were maintaining children and i don't know if it was i think it was ayala that i heard say that you know what i'm saying that just because you know with you putting Food on the table, clothes on their back, roof over their head. That's just maintaining the child. It was either Ayala or um, 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 the other lady, um, Shiraza Ali. I probably butchered her name right there. <laughs> but, um, yeah. Dealing with it because ain't nobody come and take me to give me no help. Ain't nobody got me no help. I, got, I learned about that when I got older. And that's that's how a lot of black men are. You you get about to you go through 30 years of dealing with whatever you dealt with, trauma and all that other stuff. And it gets to the point where you start just realizing something's going on with you. And some don't. They go out here angry, aggressive and all that other stuff, mad at the world and not understanding that they they got pain inside of them. Like. I didn't start going to therapy until I was um, 32, 33, and I'm about to be 41. So I gone through um, up to 30 years of the crap that I went through or whatever, mentally and emotionally. And I'm only in, in, in the nine to 10 year stretch of trying to heal from all of that. So it's going to be a process, you know what I'm saying? Like they, one of the cliche terms is healing isn't linear, you know what I'm saying? So. Hey, so do you? No, this real, good. Like this, what? Hey. I, this in my head, in my head, my whole life, in my head. Okay. I go through. Mm. I don't. I can't even go to her. She hard. I can't. And that was a key thing right there. His mother hard. He said he go through this in his head all the time, all the time. And he can't go to his own wife because she's hard as well. So you see right there, but he's so used to his mother being hard. He ended up marrying a woman that was just as hard, right? Or he perceives her that way. She might have similar traits or whatever. And there's no different than things that I've talked about before. Because I've had a hard mother 
And this is things I've talked about in therapy, things that I talk about in therapy all the time that I I get in these situations where I gravitate towards hard people, hard women, hard even even hard men, you know what I'm saying? My home some of some of my homeboys throughout my life or whatever haven't been have been on basically in the same the same uh been parallel to the things that I've gone through and stuff like that or whatever. You know what I'm saying? They weren't uh open um to talk about these type of things and stuff like that. The women wasn't open to talk about things like that. It was just as hard as my mother or whatever. I couldn't communicate with them. I was kind of basically chasing or trying to chasing the things that, you know what I'm saying, I've already went through or um let's see um uh, what was how how can I describe? Um, trying to change what I've gone through with somebody else or something like that. You know what I'm saying? And it it is not always the the woman's fault or my boy's fault or whatever. These are even if they have these traits, these are the things that I gravitated towards the most. You know what I'm saying? Wanting to be seen, wanting to be heard, and stuff like that. Go to you, you are. So I'm on the concrete, my. And like you say, on a, people always used to never understand why I was so reserved, why I was so introverted and stuff like that. Because I didn't trust people. Like I didn't want to get hurt. I didn't want to go. I I didn't want to keep going through the same things that I've gone through in my life. And that's a lot of that causes a lot of anxiety because. Um, you try to control every situation so you don't end up feeling the same things that you felt in the past. And that is not necessarily true. It's not necessarily going to happen. But you've been so traumatized. You've been so hurt by the things that you've gone through that you focus on these things or you try to try to prevent it or whatever. You're not living a, a life of 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 truly being free. You know what I'm saying? And it's a tough thing because you like always in your head, always in your head. And that's and that's just not a place to be. <laughs> My granddaddy ain't that hard. Wow. But guess what? And I ain't taking nothing from you because you put me there. You put money in, in, in my. You, you gave me to help my rap career and all that. Ain't nobody do that but you. So I love my mama. It's OK, though. And I love my wife. Yeah. But I love you. You feel me? But this is my baby. I just can't change his diaper. I was It's black men that out here that ain't had. They ain't nobody has told them they loved them in a while. Ain't they ain't got a hug or nothing. <laughs> it's not funny, but it's real. Like it's real. Like I can't. I've I've said this plenty of times before. I I I've seen so many so many other black men that I can I can literally feel their pain. I can see their pain. You know what I'm saying? I can see when they're anxious. I can see when they're depressed. I can see when they're going through. It's like it's so many black men out here that just want to cry out. They just want to yell. They just want to scream. They want to holler. They they just want to punch the wall or whatever because they in pain. But that's, you know what I'm saying? It's like they, that's all they know, anger, aggression, cold, coldness. You know what I'm saying? It, it's, it's a sad situation, but it's a real situation. 
And when I saw this clip, I was like, damn. You know what I'm saying? It just, it just, it was just like, I saw myself in that moment. I, you know what I'm saying? It's just, it's, 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 it's a hard thing to truly describe, but it's a real situation. Um, let me see. Let me play this other, the other portion of, um, no, nah, I ain't going to play it because, I mean, that one, that one was pretty impactful and it, it pretty much said everything that needed to be said, but yeah, that was tough. I mean, um, I pray for Scrappy. I pray for all the black men out there that, you know what I'm saying, that want to be heard, that want to be seen and just need some type of love and stuff like that because it's just crazy how, excuse me, burp number two, it's just crazy how black men on across the board when it comes to black women, white women, white men, all, you know what I'm saying, the world, period. We are totally less than. Um, we are dehumanized on a regular basis. Um, but let me see. I got another clip that's pretty similar to all of this in a, in a, in a, in a different, similar, but in a different way. But it's just crazy. That man was scrappy said, I can't go to you. You hard. I can't go to my wife. She hard. I'm on the concrete. Damn. That was bars. <laughs> oh, man. Let me play this, uh, this other clip right here. Be married or be in a relationship. Like, so. All right. So this, this is from uh, Chico Bean. He was on the Breakfast Club, and um, it says Chico Bean explains why he never wants to be in a relationship. <laughs> I don't never want to be married or be in a relationship. Or so. you don't never want to be in a relationship? No. Not even, not even a girlfriend? No. Why would I do that? That is the no. Look at my man over in the corner. You wish somebody would have said that on the mic before. He's from no. Ghana. He want five wives. Oh, uh, good for you. <laughs> good for you. As long as you can afford them, you should be able to so have. You don't want to live with anybody. No, 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 no. I don't. Nah. -uh. You know, like I said, I you know I get most of my you know interaction and, and relationship you know dependence from the environment that I come on come from rather. Mm -hmm. And I watched my mother go through my whole life never finding a man to keep it real with her and tell her exactly what it was that was going on. So I'm being, I'm out here just trying to be the nigga that my mother never had. I don't have no lies to tell you. I'm, I don't have no lies to tell you. I feel like if somebody would have gave Wanda the opportunity, she would have been a hell of a soldier for somebody who was worth it. And it would have made our life easier. Mm -hmm. So for me, I don't have no lies to tell you. You're not going to be the only woman that I ever, that's it. It's illogical to me. To even allow a woman to think that if I love you and care about you, there's no way I would allow you to think that as a man that you are going to be the only woman that I want to what deal with. What if she's with. okay with you dating other people? Well, that's cool. But it's, the thing is, I'm going to be honest with you about that from the jump. My goal, my whole mantra is no victims, only volunteers. You'll never be a victim to no bullshit, only a volunteer to my truth. So you have a choice as to whether or not you want to deal with me or not. But you have to understand that you won't be the only woman that I deal with. Now, in fairness, you, That's have, an a, individual you, thing, have, you have a lot of men who say that and then be like, I do what I want you to do what I tell you. I'm also not that way. All right. And when it comes to women, I don't care what you do when I'm not around. As this long must as be a wild out thing. No, well, no, it's not. It's not. I because ain't Nick having no bunch of kids. <laughs> 
You know what I mean? But salute the Nick. <laughs> shit, that nigga can take care of him. He about to have a whole nother cast. I know that nigga. I know what he doing. That's exactly what he did. He's trying to be have a whole nother cast so he can fire us. That's I'm right. hip to That's you, right. Nick. But, That's right. But women always say they want a man to keep it 100 with them until they run into one. Most of them have never had a man keep it 20 with them, so you have no idea what that other 80% entails that you think that you're looking for. The lies hurt so bad that you just think you want the opposite. But majority of the women that I have conversations with don't want a man to be honest with them. You want a man to fit into the character that you have in your mind, and you want him to play that out in front of the world. I don't operate like that. This is what it is. This is what it ain't. You down with it? Cool. You're not? Cool. I like to, the way I explain it is like, we all are professors of ourselves. And I'm the I'm the, the dean of Chico Main University. When you, you've been to college, you've been around. When the first thing, <laughs> you've been around, lend the skin. Uh, the first thing that they teach you when you, or the first thing that you do when you come into a, a, a college, you know, classroom is they give you the syllabus. And the first week of classes, you going over the syllabus so you can make a decision as to whether or not this is a class you want to take or drop. Mm -hmm. That's how I operate with women. When you meet me, I'm handing you my syllabus. This is what it is with me. You have a choice as to whether or not you want to take this course or drop it. All right. <clears throat> so I'm going to play the clip again. But you see how is well, I ain't going to say you see. I see how it's similar but it's just a it's just a different explanation of things. He said he was doing all this because of what he's seen his mother go through, and he don't want to put no other woman through that. That's cool that you that you you got that thought pattern, but I, I look at it deeper than that. I look at it like he's using that narrative to explain the fact that he just don't want to get hurt himself. He. Whether he was, it's obvious that he's close, he was close to his mother. And he's seen his mother hurt before. So, as a kid, you coming up saying all that other stuff, that's what you think relationships is about. You think relationships is all about being hurt. And I feel like he's using that narrative to explain the fact that he don't want to get in a relationship and be hurt like his mother. But let me play the clip again, and I'll, you know what I'm saying, stop and go on some some, some uh, key points. <laughs> I don't never want to be married or be in a relationship. Or so. you don't never want to be in a relationship? No. Not even, not even a girlfriend? No. Why would I do that? That is, the, no. Look at my man over in the corner. You wish somebody would have said that on the mic before. He's from no. Ghana. He want five wives. Oh, uh, Good for you. <laughs> good for you. As long as you can afford them, you should be able to so have them. you don't want to live with anybody? No, 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 no. no. I don't, nah. -uh. And you know, like I said, I, you know, I get most of my, you know, interaction and... In, in... He don't want to be emotionally attached to somebody who could possibly hurt him. I mean, it's just, it is what it is. I mean, I... I I can see that I can see that right through everything that he's saying. Like, um let me let me go back to the clip. <laughs> Relationship, you know, dependence from the environment that I come on come from rather. Mm -hmm. And I watched my mother go through my whole life never finding a man to keep it real with her and tell her exactly what it was that was going on. So I'm being I'm out here just trying to be the nigga that my mother never had. I don't have no life. <laughs> see, so his whole motive is because of what his mom went through. You know what I'm saying? There's some people that could be out here saying, oh, he's commendable for that, keeping it 100 with these women or whatever. But he also said something later on in this clip that contradicted 
you know what I'm saying, that whole narrative of keeping it 100 with women. I tell you, <laughs> I'm, I don't have no crazy. lies to tell you. I feel like if somebody would have gave Wanda the opportunity, she would have been a hell of a soldier for somebody who was worth it, and it would have made our life easier. Mm -hmm. So for me, I don't have no lies to tell you. You're not going to be the only woman that I ever... That's it. It's illogical to me to even allow a woman to think that if I love you and care about you, there's no way I would allow you to think that as a man that you are going to be the only woman that I want to what deal with. What if she's with. okay with you dating other people? Well, that's cool, but it's, the thing is, I'm going to be honest with you about that from the jump i ain't knocking them or whatever i mean I, i'm definitely not knocking him you know what i'm saying um but i feel like it's a deeper you know what i'm saying this surface all the stuff he talking about right now i just feel like this surface level shit i feel like it's a deeper explanation to all of that but i'm not gonna say like what he's doing isn't wrong you know what i'm saying you, you should be 100 with the people that you're dealing with but at the same time why would you want to live a life like that? You know what I'm saying? Like we I will get in I'm gonna get into this uh later on or whatever, but like the fact that, you know what I'm saying, people actually think that having relationships and partnerships and you know what I'm saying isn't important or whatever. Like this is something that my therapist continuously has been saying to me lately or whatever, the fact about um and I'm not trying to make this about me, but I've heard many a therapist say this before that, you know, what I'm saying that is a natural human need, you know, what I'm saying for a person to ha want companionship to want, you know, what I'm saying to share a life with and stuff like that. That's natural. It's natural. But we always try to suppress that or whatever and and be on this this self-love trip and all that other stuff. And. I got caught up into it at one point. I got caught up into that self-love and, you know what I'm saying, I don't need nobody and all that other stuff. All I need is me and all I need is my love. But that shit wasn't sustainable. <laughs> I'm telling you now, the shit is not sustainable. And it's not healthy and it ain't going to last but so much longer. You need support in your life, you know what I'm saying? Just with family, friends, relationships, partnerships, you need that support, you know what I'm saying? Is we weren't put here to just live a life by ourselves. No matter how afraid we are of being hurt, is 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 not real. <laughs> my goal, my whole mantra is: no victims, only volunteers. You'll never be a victim to no bullshit, only a volunteer to my truth. So you have a choice as to whether. And it can also be a situation where he just, you know, what I'm saying, he afraid of commitment. He don't want to commit. You know what I'm saying? Or, you know what I'm saying? It could be deeper on another on another uh level where, you know what I'm saying, he, he you know what I'm saying, he just wanna run around and chase tail. I mean, it is what it is. That you wanna deal with me or not, but you have to understand that you won't be the only woman that I deal with now. In fairness, you That's have an a, individual you thing. Have, though. You have a lot of men who say that and then be like, I do what I want, you do what I tell you. I'm and he right about that. There's a lot of men out here that will fake like they, you know what I'm saying, cool with the women that they deal with doing their own thing, like they're doing their own thing, but it ain't real. He's definitely right. Also not that way. All right. And when it comes to women, I don't care what you do when I'm not around. As it's long as be a whatever, wild out thing. No, well, no, it's not. It's not. I because ain't Nick having no it. bunch of kids. <laughs> 
You know what I mean? But salute to Nick. <laughs> shit, that nigga can take care of him. He about to have a whole nother cast. I know that nigga. I know what he doing. That's exactly what he did. He's trying to be have a whole nother cast so he can fire us. That's I'm right. hip to That's you, right. Nick. But, That's right. But women always say they want a man to keep it 100 with them until they run into one. Most of them have never had a man keep it 20 with them, so you have no idea what that other 80% entails that you think that you're looking for. The lies hurt so bad that you just think you want the opposite. But majority of the women that I have conversations with don't want a man to be honest with them. You want a man to fit into the character that you have in your mind, and you want him to play that out in front of the world. And, and he's absolutely right, and that's what I was saying earlier about the contradiction of what women be saying, how they want to do to be 100 with them or whatever. It's, it... It don't <laughs> it don't go it don't go that way. You know what I'm saying? By the time the dude is one hundred with him, it's still gonna be an issue. It's still gonna be an issue. And I'm not saying that that's wrong or anything like that. But what I'm saying is is that everybody is just out here just basically living in some sort in living in their own individual fantasy. And trying to play that out, you know what I'm saying, in reality. I don't operate like that. This is what it is. This is what it ain't. You down with it? Cool. You're not? Cool. I like to, the way I explain it is like, we all are professors of ourselves. And I'm the I'm the, the dean of Chico Main University. When you, you've been to college, you've been around. When the first thing, <laughs> you've been around. Lend the skin. But yeah, that's enough. But yeah, I mean. Like I say, I just, I just, I'm not knocking him for anything that he's doing or whatever. As long as he, as long as he's keeping it 100, like he says he's keeping it 100. You know what I'm saying? A lot of bamers get on these, these shows and all that other stuff, and and talk a good game. It's a, a lot of us talk good games in 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 certain scenarios, but I just look at it like you know what I'm saying. It's deeper than that. You know what I'm saying? It's a lot of uh trauma based stuff that he's trying to use a, a narrative um but it's not matching up with with what his real intentions are based on what he said he's seen his mom go through and what he's out here living or whatever. He can say that he's he's out here um doing it because of what his mother went through, but I just feel like it's a trauma based response of him saying what his mom went through and looking at relationships as they aren't safe. Relationships or partnerships, they just ain't safe. And um, there's a lot of men out here that that look at relationships that way. They, based off of what they seen, um, based off of what they seen, based off of how they've been treated, and that goes back to the scrappy stuff or whatever. You know what I'm saying? Uh, <clears throat> Not feeling as though you can find somebody that will be emotionally available for you and stuff like that, but um, yeah, that that was that was deep. <laughs> um, let me see, I got another clip. What are some things that you're conditioning your son to believe, dream, and even his viewpoints on dating, like even financial literacy? What are some of those things that you're pouring into him on a daily? Love. <laughs> 
Yeah. I am leading with love. That's the one, that's one thing that I know that our young black men need is love. And I know a lot of times we raise our men to be so strong and not really understand their emotions. And I'm so big on, how did that make you feel, baby? And even when he didn't know how to talk, he's like, how did that make you feel? Or I love you, come give mommy a kiss. So I definitely am raising him with so much love. I want him to know that he's loved and I want him to know how to accept love. A lot of times people don't know how to accept love and that's a big deal. So it's like, yes, that's key. Accepting love. A lot of us out here don't know how to accept love. And I ain't talking about just black men. I'm talking about period. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? We it's a lot of us out here just fighting um and trying to get what we didn't get from our childhood. And we be so caught up into that or whatever that we can't see anything outside of that, you know? Um we don't really have no type of excuse me, burp number three. Excuse me, burp number four. We ain't got no type of um, coping skills. We don't know how to work through nothing. It's just, it's just all over the place, and we just trying to relive our childhood through other people that we come in contact with, and trying to, you know, what I'm saying, gain attention, love, or whatever. You know what I'm saying? And like she said. It's so many people out here, like not even society, like even even women who have sons, they they try to make their sons hard. You know what I'm saying? They try to make their sons tough or whatever, because they they just as programmed as everybody else is. You know what I'm saying? The world says men supposed to be strong. Men supposed to be this. Men supposed to be that. And it just ain't it. It was uh this I know Ayana said. Ayana said that black women are at fault for the men that they come in contact with because black women are raising these men. And it's in one of the books I got upstairs and I should have I should have brought that joint down with me. But yeah, she said it. She said black women complain about how black men the interactions that they had with black men, but they are to blame because they are the ones that are raising these black men. And it ain't, and like I said, this ain't got nothing to do with no blame game or nothing like that, but it is real. And it is, it is deep. It's deeper. And that's why, like, I know y'all tired of hearing, up, hearing about me talk about the uh, Willie, Lynch, Willie Lynch syndrome and all that other stuff, but that shit is, is real. But uh, moving along from that. So back to this uh, Tia Maori situation. Uh, I thought I was over with this shit after I talked about it last time. But she recently did an interview. She's been doing a lot of interviews lately since um, filing for divorce. But um, she did an interview, and it's a clip that I'm going to play. I haven't seen the clip yet, but I saw people talking about it. So um i pretty much know the gist of it but it was just all this back and forth going on about that joan and about um how people feel about it black women against black men black men against black women you know what i'm saying <sighs> but um let me see let me let me pull this clip up like i said i haven't heard it 
So this will be my first time actually hearing the clip. So I've only been seeing like just people talk about it and shit. All right, let me see. Here you go, right here. It says, Tia Maury speaks on how she knew it was time to move on from her marriage and why she still considers it a success, even if it ended in divorce. All right, let me play it. A lot of couples decided that it was it was better to be lived, your life's better lived apart than together. Yes. Um, how did you know that it was time? Uh, that's a really good question. That um, I knew when I really started to focus on my happiness. Mm. I feel like women, we tend to focus on everybody else's happiness, um, making sure that everybody else is okay, meaning our children. Yeah. <laughs> Meaning, you know, our children, our friends, our, you know, family. But at the end of the day, it's about self-love. And when you start to really work on yourself, love yourself, know your value, know your worth, and then all of a sudden there's this awakening. Wow. And it's, it's, it's not easy. It's a hard journey. But at the end of the day, I feel like it is so, so worth it. So. Yeah, wow. <laughs> the most afraid of stepping in because this is you're yeah. stepping in because some people when you say oh my husband and I are going our separate ways they go oh no yeah. oh that's sad but you actually see this as a, a celebration a yeah. celebration I really do I, I I look at it as one of my friends she sent this beautiful letter to me from a woman who got a divorce and it's all about you know this perspective in my opinion and just changing the narrative you know, my marriage was a success. Yeah. I look at it as like a curriculum when you're in college or high school, right? You're learning, you're growing, you're evolving, you're creating. And I was able to create with Corey some beautiful, amazing children. Mm -hmm. yeah. And at the end of that curriculum and at the end, there's a graduation, there's a celebration. So that's basically, you know, how I'm looking at it now. And I feel like people look at... When they look at marriage, that success equals longevity. But no, at the end of the day, it's, are they happy? Um, are they thriving? Are they growing? And I, I feel like that is what is most important. It's not about staying in something because however long you are in that situation, that equals... All right, I'm stopping here because um, she's like in full actress mode. And I'm not going to say like everything that she's saying is wrong, but like she's been having a time since she has filed for... That for divorce and and i'm just glad that Corey is is been being quiet <laughs> because she is relish i just feel like she's relishing in the fact that she's getting all this attention right now um and i'm just like man like just looking at looking at the clip and looking at her and all that other she's like in full actress mode and i'm sorry it's just what the fuck i i, I that's how I feel. She's just in full actress mode. And I feel like a lot of the shit that she's saying is bullshit. But the fact that you even comparing a marriage to a curriculum is is an issue for me. Um, But I'm not going to sit here and make it seem like that. You know what I'm saying? Like, I do agree with her. You shouldn't stay in no, no situation if you aren't happy or whatever. But I also understand that in life that every moment won't be happy there will be difficult moments and stuff like that and i don't like the fact that you know she's using the term you know you graduated and all this other stuff and just 
you know, it's just it's just weird. Like, I just feel like she's relishing in all of this uh, attention and stuff. But um, I was thinking it's funny because I was uh, put the show together yesterday and I was in the gym today and I was thinking about, you know, thinking about the show and thinking about certain uh, some of these topics and stuff like that. And I was thinking about this this particular topic and how, you know, what I'm saying um, certain things that I've gone through in my life and, you know, things that I've seen, heard and read and stuff like that, that. Um, a lot of people just be so caught up on happiness, so caught up and attached to happiness and it coming from another person or coming from a situation or some material aspect, you know what I'm saying? And it's like what I've learned is in this and this is speaking from a person who's gone through depression and struggle with depression and anxiety and stuff like that and and always looking for happiness always looking for something to make me happy something to make me feel good something that makes me not feel pain and you know just thinking about love and stuff like that and but and just social media period and how social media just skews a lot of things and doesn't add a lot of context to stuff because everything is 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 short you know what i'm saying everything is is instant everything is microwaved and it's like a lot of people don't understand that you don't come in you don't go into a relationship already knowing how to love the person that you're in a relationship or a partnership with that's something you have to learn you don't go into a relationship or a partnership and expect that love is going to pull you through every situation. There's work involved. And I don't understand how we can go through life and, you know what I'm saying, go through school, go through jobs, go through other stuff outside of romantic relationships and understand that work is involved in these in these things and goals and dreams and stuff like that but we think when it comes to love relationship relationships and partnerships that there isn't no work that's supposed to be involved we haven't been taught how to actually be in a relationship or a partnership we are actually we don't actually understand what love is until we actually experience it for ourselves but we want everything to be perfect and to make us feel this continuous bliss you know what i'm saying and it's not fair to ourselves and it's not fair to the people that we deal with but i'm gonna play the clip again and i'm gonna I'm scan through because i think it's some, some some things that stood out to me that um i didn't like but i also agree with some of the things she, she said you know what i'm saying because i definitely believe if something is too you know if it's too much turmoil if things aren't working sometimes you have to move on and let go but i just don't like the fact that 
this kind of seems like a performance. But let me go back to the clip. It was it was better to be lived. Your life's better lived apart than together. Yes. Um, how did you know that it was time? Uh, that's a really good question. To take that route? Uh, yeah, because and me just even in doing the midst of her being asked the question, she just got this big smile on her face and stuff. And it's taking me back to since she filed for divorce, how she's doing all this posting and doing all these you know what I'm saying? These quotes and stuff like that. And it's just like all oh, this seems like too performative or whatever. And she is somebody that's been a child star for a while. And she, in the, the past couple of years, she wasn't really getting no attention or whatever. And now all of a sudden with this divorce or whatever, she's getting a lot of attention. And then I, then I don't like the fact that, you know what I'm saying, and I talk about this all the time, how it's just a lot of people out here just followers, and they just follow a lot of things when it comes to celebrities and stuff. And it's a lot of people just taking the things that she's saying as Bible. And they, you know what I'm saying, not understanding that you don't know her. You don't know what really went on with her situation and all this other stuff, but, you know what I'm saying, you trying to apply it or make it confirmation or validation for the way that you want to live your life or the stuff that you've gone through or the hurt and pain that you've gone through because of a man and stuff like that? Um, I knew when I really started to focus on my happiness. Mm. I feel like women, we tend to focus on everybody else's happiness, um, making sure... And I don't have no problem with her saying that, yes, there's plenty of women out here that focus on everybody else but themselves. And But this it goes both ways, you know what I'm saying? People do it, period. I, I hate the fact that we always try to put a label on on something like that, you know what I'm saying? People, people do it, period, you know what I'm saying? There ain't no thing that women only do it or men only do this or whatever. It goes both ways. And it all comes down to your particular situation. But we fall into these labels, these narratives, these agendas, and it constantly divides us. And it particularly divides us in the black community. Because, you know, I was thinking about this earlier today when I got home from the gym. You don't, you don't see no white people um, back and forth doing stuff like how we do. You don't see no Asian community doing this. You don't see, you don't see none of the other community, Hispanics, Latinos, and nothing doing this shit. Only black people. Only black people. And I don't understand how that isn't like. I don't understand how that's like. That's not the number one indicator of us being caught up in some bullshit. Sure that everybody else is okay, meaning our children. Yeah. <laughs> meaning, you know, our children, our friends, our, you know, family. But at the end of the day, it's about self-love. And when you start to really work on yourself, love. But you can work on yourself while you are in that relationship or partnership. See, but we always look at it like if the other person isn't making us happy, then I got to go off and, and focus on now it's time to focus on the self-love and, you know, what I'm saying making myself happy and all this other stuff. Even when you're in a relationship or partnership, you still are an individual in that relationship or a partnership. 
and you still have to deal with your own stuff. You know what I'm saying? But a lot of times, and this isn't talked about enough, how people get into relationships and partnerships looking to be saved, looking to be helped, looking to to uh, be validated, looking to be seen and heard and stuff like that. Is Honestly, it's inevitable that it is going to happen because nobody comes into a relationship or a partnership fully healed and there nobody is never going to be fully healed in a relationship or partnership. You know what I'm saying? Because life goes on and life will still strike in certain ways that will trigger you or trigger certain things that have gone on in your life. But it comes down to actual discipline, honestly, and and what is part of discipline? Work. Like, so if you aren't disciplined in, in making sure that you are focused on keeping yourself in a balanced place or having tools to bring you back when your mute your mood is high or your mood is low or whatever then you always going to be searching for somebody to bring you that balance or bring you the things that you're missing or to give you that fulfillment that you've always been searching for yourself know your value know your worth and then all of a sudden there's this awakening wow. and it's 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 not easy it's a hard journey but at the end of the day, I feel like it is so, so worth it. So yeah, wow. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. What were you the most afraid of stepping in? Because this is you're yeah. stepping in. Just some her, people would say, "Oh, my husband and I are going." Just her voice is performative. How she's talking, like I, I haven't heard her talk like this. I've never actually heard her talk like this. I've heard her sister talk like this before, and I'm not gonna say specifically how I feel that she's talking, but I'm sure you can gauge what I'm saying. <laughs> Our separate ways. They go, oh no, yeah. oh that's sad. But you actually see this. As a, a celebration. A yeah. celebration. I really do. I, I, I look at it as one of my friends, she sent this beautiful letter to me from a woman who got a divorce. And it's all about, you know, this perspective, in my opinion, and just changing the narrative. You know, my marriage was a success. Yeah. I look at it as like a curriculum when you're in college or high school, right? You're learning, you're growing, you're evolving, you're creating. And I was able to create with Corey some beautiful, amazing children. Mm -hmm, yeah. And at the end of that curriculum and at the end, there's a graduation. There I get what she's trying to say, but like I've already said, um, life will always strike you in different ways. You will always have lessons. You will always have things that you're going through. Um. And sometimes, yes, certain relationships and stuff like that do run their course. I get that. So I'm not disagreeing with, with that aspect of it. But the fact that it is it's being celebrated in the term of a graduation um, kind of is just off to me. It's just off to me. And... I kind of see it as a thing where you're trying to, 
how do I want to say this? You're trying to make yourself feel good about something not working out or something being a quote-unquote failure or whatever. Um, I don't know. It's kind of hard. It's kind of difficult for me to explain. But like I said, I'm I'm not disagreeing with the fact that, you know what I'm saying, some things run their course or whatever. And in the midst of, you know what I'm saying, life and even being in relationships or partnerships or whatever, that, you know what I'm saying, there will be lessons, there will be leveling up and stuff like that. But it don't necessarily always have to end in, in the way that she's speaking of and divorce or whatever. And look, just like I said, people that be resonating with everything that these celebrities be saying y'all don't know them and all that other stuff just and i'm gonna say it for myself i don't know them i don't know what went on with them or whatever but like i just feel like a lot of this a lot of this is performative or whatever but i'm not gonna keep laying that on her or laying that on this situation but i did think that it was it was uh interesting my only aspect of bringing this up during the podcast was the fact that it was causing more divide between black men and black women on social media it was heavy on twitter and i've seen it on um instagram as well and it's just like like here we go i just don't understand why the hell we gotta be so invested in celebrity in their lives and stuff like that you know what i'm saying it, it irritates the hell out of me because we we will have think pieces and all this other stuff all day long, but don't be working on ourselves. Niggas ain't going to therapy. Niggas ain't reading a book. Niggas ain't trying nothing different in their life. But they got all the knowledge and wisdom and philosophy for a celebrity's relationship. <laughs> and I'm just like, bruh, at least, you know what I'm saying, take five ten percent of that energy that you're putting into these celebrities and put it into yourself and we can progress you know what I'm saying? The community can start, to, the quote-unquote community can start to progress a little bit. <laughs> it's a celebration. So that's basically, you know, how I'm looking at it now. And I feel like people look at, when they look at marriage, that success equals longevity. But no, at the end of the day, it's, are they happy? Um, are they thriving? Are they growing? And I, I feel like that is... Yeah, and I, I totally agree with her. But what I will also say what I've already been saying, some people have to learn that you can't be putting your happiness totally 100 percent on your partner. And I and that's that's kind of the, the feeling that I'm getting from this whole situation. And like I said, I'm glad Corey is being quiet and I hope he continues to be quiet and let her go on her um, her graduation tour. What? is most important. It's not about staying in something because however long you are in that situation, mm -hmm. that equals success. It's about really, again, are you happy? Because life is really short. Yeah, it's like a blank. I mean. But you and your husband, like right, a lot um, of couples. Did moving along from that, um, where I'm at, where I'm at um, on the, uh, where I'm at on the um, outline. Uh, let me see. It's been a minute since I parted, so I'm I'm kind of off off my game. Um, but 
Let me see. I got gotta get back into my flow. I gotta get back into my groove. Um Yeah. But let me just end that that off with this. Cause I made a note. And with the Tia Mari shit. Um and this is something that I came across um in one of the books that I'm reading. Uh, it says, throw away the idea that you need to find a perfect partner or a, fa- a flawless friend. All people are imperfect. What is possible is connecting with someone who is doing their own inner work. They will have more practice with authenticity, holding space, intentional growth, and self-awareness. And I think that's something that is, you know what I'm saying, as I've gotten older that I've realized and something that I think, you know what I'm saying, we all should realize as we get older and like um, going back to what Tia Maori said, and like I said, I don't disagree with everything she said, like the longevity of things, you know what I'm saying, whether it's friendships, relationships, partnerships, or, um, longevity doesn't, you know what I'm saying, longevity isn't sustainable. You have to get to the point when you're getting older and things are changing in life or whatever where you have to start looking at the people that you're, you have in your life and looking as though what does this person bring to my life? What do, what do they add? You know what I'm saying? Like, is 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 this good, good girlfriend actually uplifting me? Does she support me? You know what I'm saying? Um, or does she is she only there when drama comes about? Or is she only there when it's time to go have a drink or party? You know, same thing on on with men or whatever. You know what I'm saying? Is the homies if are the homies only around when it when it's time to watch the game or when it's when it's time to go get a drink or whatever or when it's time to go look for some some chicks or something like that? You know what I'm saying? Are these people adding anything to my life? Are they there in a supportive manner? You know what I'm saying? Are they are they there when when there is an obligation to be there e- emotionally? And I say that just, you know what I'm saying, based off of some things that I've recently gone through with the passing of my cousin or whatever. You know what I'm saying? It it's easy for people to be to be there in those times of, of loss and stuff like that. And they could go both ways, you know what I'm saying? You can see the people who aren't there and you can see the people who are there. But then when things start coming back to normal or whatever, where are those same people that have been there? Uh, and then you get to see, yeah, well, the people that wasn't there when things was bad, they still aren't here. You know what I'm saying? So are these people adding anything to my life? You know what I'm saying? Are they uplifting? You know what I'm saying? Just things to think about. You know what I'm saying? Is this person working on themselves or is this the same person that I've known from the time that I was 20 years old when I first met them? Are they still all about drama? You know what I'm saying? Are they still out here? You know what I'm saying? Chasing the chasing the women. Are they still out here keying dudes cars? Or are they still out here trying to fight every dude that they come across on the street? Or are they still out here down talking every dude that you mess with? You know what I'm saying? So just something to think about. But you know, what do I know? I'm just giving you a taste. <laughs> uh moving along. I identified was how much I relied on women to feel good and after yeah. i left that marriage of six and a half years feeling like shit i was like i can't do this again i can't do this no more my value cannot be based upon what she thinks of me whoever that she is it just can't because i know how i feel now coming out of this relationship this marriage for six and a half years i know 
that I'm broken. I know I don't feel like I know anything about myself. I know there was toxicity all around. I don't want to run into this again. So right. I got to figure out how to fucking love myself. And the first step was leaving my marriage. That really was, bro. It was making the jump. It was doing something I knew I should do, but I just too terrified to do because mm. all of my years, all of my time, all of my effort has been put into this family I'm trying to create in the facades that I'm putting on the internet because in hopes that my family will eventually look the way I'm trying to project it. And this ain't nothing. Sim this is pretty much similar to the TMRE situation. You know what I'm saying? And, and this what I talked about earlier, whatever about, you know what I'm saying? Getting in these these relationships, these partnerships, these friendships or whatever, trying to get validated, trying to be seen, trying to be heard, and you know what I'm saying, trying to get things that you didn't get as a child. And get and then also being so caught up into this self love thing or whatever. And not to say that is is nothing wrong with with that. And and that should be the priority. That is the priority first self-love loving yourself first because once you learn how to do that you will know what you should be accepting and and what you shouldn't accept what you want and what you don't want want what you need and what you don't need you know what i'm saying so um this this ain't nothing different than what tiamari said you know what i'm saying um and when it comes down to it, it's like a lot of us got to recognize like um uh, when we get caught up into like the honeymoon phase of a of a new relationship or a new partnership or whatever is it just a a good feeling of something different and that you know is making us feel good in the moment or is it actually real or once that honeymoon phase fades in the relationship are we willing to do the work you know what i'm saying uh are we already in a position where we can identify, you know, those moments where we're looking to be validated or be seen, be heard? And are we able to actually express that to the person that we're dealing with, you know? Or is it a thing where we're going to be sitting here just feeling entitled to get something and then when we don't get it, then it's time to move on or it's time to graduate, <laughs> <laughs> oh man but um yeah but yeah man I, I just look at it like a lot of people just don't it took me a long time to even realize the fact that you know um that I wanted to be validated I wanted to be seen I wanted to be heard I wanted the love and affection that I didn't get from my mom and I was trying to and even my dad and I was trying to get it through other relationships throughout my life or whatever. And when I started going to therapy and I started really not realizing these things, I was able to start to, you know, what I'm saying work on it or, you know, what I'm saying even express those things to the people in my life or whatever. And it's not to say that every situation has been perfect because I'll still get triggered and sometimes I'll still pop off, get angry or feel entitled or feel jealous or feel, you know what I'm saying, um, insecure and stuff like that. But um, just piggybacking off of the self-love stuff, we just got to like self-love is not a replacement. Um, 
for, you know, platonic or romantic love. And that's why I be like, you know what I'm saying, all these memes, these cliches or whatever. It, it Initially, it's good. You know what I'm saying? On the surface, it's good. But where's the context? Where's the deeper message to it or whatever? Because you just basically pushing people out here to just suppress their feelings, suppress their, their natural human needs that they have. You know what I'm saying? All of us have this human need of wanting to be loved or feel love or get affection or have companionship or, you know what I'm saying, have intimacy, be vulnerable and stuff like that. But we're so suppressed because of things that we've seen, things that we heard, things that we've been taught, you know what I'm saying, or social media and stuff like that where we look at it like, you know what I'm saying, we got to be strong and that that being strong is a part of the that's the self-love trip or kick or whatever. And it's a replacement for the actual things that we should be feeling or giving to other people and that's another thing that that's not talked about enough the actual giving portion of it you know what i'm saying a lot of people have problems with receiving as well as giving giving love and affection giving that intimacy giving that vulnerability you know it's a two-way street it just ain't no thing because a lot of people out here just be so entitled that they want to gimme 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 but they ain't even reciprocating Well, let me see where I'm at. Um, I think I got one more clip before I move on to the blackity black woke segment. All right. I was just driving and it hit me like an epiphany that I'm a good guy. And I know you're like, what? What, what, what? How do you not know that? Or how do you not realize that? How do you forget? How do you forget that? But it's actually something that's far more common among men to forget that they're actually good men because you rarely get rewarded for being a good man. Matter of fact, in most cases, you learn pretty early on that you actually get punished for being a good man. And it starts at a very early age. Unfortunately, humans tend to respect people more that don't care about them. So dating-wise, especially most of the good guys begin getting fucked over as early as middle school, high school. Even as adults, the guys that be on bullshit tend to be able to have sex with a woman before the good men because the woman that she might be sexually active as fuck. But she'll run into the good guy and she'll say, oh, he's a good one, so I got to hold out. I got to portray a different version of myself for him. The guy that ain't doing shit for her, he getting everything. And then the good guys get fucked over in different ways, back to back to back to back to back. Until their heart becomes hard and they slowly turn into a savage, but they're not really a savage. They just forgot who they are. And I feel like, like what he said, I mean, shit. What he said was totally true. and But I feel like it goes both ways. I feel like a lot of times, um, like that good guy image and that bad boy image, and I feel like a lot of times people don't understand that that is a trauma response. And that's why a lot of women chase bad dudes or whatever, because it's a trauma response of them reliving a lot of the things that they've gone through or they've seen, whether it, it happened with their dad or things that they seen their mom go through. Um, and it's, it's like you're, you're trying to chase what you've gone through in your childhood. You try, you're, you're reliving it and you're trying to to um, achieve something. You know what I'm saying? Well, I, I'm going to change this man. You know what I'm saying? I'm going to make him um, 
change or it's a situation where you're so used to uh, dealing with rejection or abandonment and stuff like that, that that's all you know. So that's familiar to you, so it's comfortable. But, you know what I'm saying, it goes both ways because dudes do it too. They be chasing these uh, unattainable women and stuff like that and trying to prove something, trying to prove that they're a man, trying to prove that they're strong and stuff like that. So it definitely goes both ways. It definitely goes both ways. And it's it's an issue because, like, and um, going th- – shoot, this goes with everything that I've been talking about so far, like how you've been raised to – how men have been raised to always be tough that they gotta be ain't no ain't no good dudes you know what i'm saying good dudes finish last you know what i'm saying i gotta be hard i gotta be strong and all this other stuff so being a good dude being a smart dude portraying yourself as smart portraying yourself as 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 a nerd quote-unquote nerd and all that other stuff that ain't good no you gotta be uh you got to be a bad boy. You got to look like this. You got to do this. You got to do that. You got to be mean and all this other stuff. I mean, shit, as a man, like, women gravitate towards niggas that's mean. <laughs> majority of the women. I ain't going to say all women. Majority of the women gravitate towards niggas that's mean. <laughs> that will shit on them. You know what I'm saying? And it's always a contradiction. Like, women, they don't like fuck boys, but then they always running behind a fuck boy. <laughs> But um, I'm going to play another clip that kind of go with this. So I saw this post that says, you know he lame when he treats you well. And I know what y'all are thinking, little girl mentality, or she's insecure, et cetera, et cetera. But this statement actually has merit. There's a movie called Love Don't Cost a Thing starring Christina Milian and Nick Cannon. And in that movie, Christina Milian told Nick Cannon, girls will see a guy being too nice and it makes them seem lonely, desperate, weak. Just be a little tougher, make like you don't need any girl, and then girls will want you. And that statement has a lot of validity because, see, female nature is innately attracted to masculinity. And masculinity is everything that femininity is not. Guys like myself who have always dated and attracted a lot of women can attest to the fact that when we made a woman's feelings and desires the focal point of our universe, of our life, we were subject to emotional abuse and manipulation and often walked over, taken advantage of emotionally. And being that way is indeed naturally repulsive to women on a subconscious level. See, despite what women say, women are much more innately attracted to and aroused by men who don't place them on pedestals. See, what it means in girl code to not treat a woman right is to treat her like the beta sex and a human being. It means holding her to a standard where you demand respect from her, not being afraid to hold her accountable, tell her no, or hurt her feelings, not being triggered by the same emotional stimuli that she's triggered by, and not apologizing for any and everything that she thinks you did wrong. To them, that's an asshole and a jerk. But in reality, you're exuding dominance, assertiveness, and standing on principle. It creates sexual polarity and tension and respect. Women have evolved to be attracted to this, and men should take advantage. Better. (laughs) See what I'm saying? See what I'm saying? Like, it's it's in most men's best interest to be a jerk or asshole. You know what I'm saying? They don't like that too nice shit. They don't like that shit when a nigga always do for them or whatever. And it's weird because then you see all day long on social media or whatever, they want this and want that or whatever. But then it's contradicting the fact that they only chasing after the niggas or paying attention to the niggas that's doing the opposite of that. But, hey, it is what it is. What can you do? I mean, that's, that's life. And like like you said, it's, it's the perceived thing, perceived thing. Like 
And this comes down to all the shit that they've seen, heard, or whatever, whatever. And because a dude act in a certain way that they look at it as that's masculine. And it's masculine, it holds some type of dominance over over them or whatever, or it's tough, you know what I'm saying? It arouses them in a certain way. You know what I'm saying? We 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 look at it as it being like a natural masculine and a natural feminine um attractiveness, but it's not. It's a program. You know what I'm saying? It doesn't take like it doesn't take away a man's masculinity if he's emotional or if he expresses himself, but society programmed us so much to say that that ain't natural. You know what I'm saying? So men have to always be looked at as they're less than human. And women are the only human ones or whatever. They they the only ones that can be solved. They the only ones that can be vulnerable. And and this is what I was talking about last episode. We out here living thinking that that's the way we supposed to be living. And we not even living the way we supposed to be living. We just so programmed. We just so programmed and wired to be romantically attached to these narratives of it got to be this way you know what i'm saying um a woman always got to be half butt naked or naked in order for a man to be attracted to her or a woman only has to be attracted to a man who's an asshole or keeps them in a space where they they chasing or whatever you know what i'm saying it's all about attachments and those attachments are pretty much based off of programming and programming and trauma but hey i don't like i <laughs> yeah it is what it is when you- <laughs> it is what it is um let me see where i'm at all right let me uh let me jump on to the blackity black woke segment um so I can end this episode and go get me something to eat. Uh, all right. Let me start off the Blackity Black Woke segment by saying this. I am. <laughs> I talk about the juice a lot. I, I've talked about the juice a lot since 2020 and stuff like that. And I'm all for people doing whatever they feel that they need to do. So I'm prefacing all of this commentary so nobody won't think that, excuse me, burp number six. So nobody won't think that I'm trying to talk down on anybody, anything like that. I got family and friends who have gotten the juice and that was their decision and it is what it is. I don't, you know what I'm saying? All, all I am for and all I've been for is informed consent. So. Johnson and Johnson agrees to buy heart device maker a biomed for sixteen point six million. I've talked about this plenty of times before about the juice and how one of the adverse effects of getting the juice has been heart issues, and there's been a lot of people who have been passing away people uh teenagers uh um, people in their mid-20s, 30s, 40s, up and up and up. You know what I'm saying? So, 
I'm not the I'm not none of these other people out here that hasn't gotten the juice that's all about gloating or whatever. I don't care about that. You know what I'm saying? I don't care about being right or wrong or whatever. I care about the safety of the people. So, no surprise here that Johnson & Johnson is buying up a heart um, device maker. So, this is just more money for them to make off of the money that they've made for the people who have gotten the juice. All right, moving along. Um, this is from The Atlantic. Let's declare a pandemic am amnesty. We need to forget. We need to forgive one another for what we did and said when we were in the dark about COVID. And this was by uh, Emily Oyster. But what was interesting is The Atlantic was one of the biggest publications out here that was giving people who didn't get the juice the business. So I'm going to read some of the um, article titles that they had before now before them wanting to declare a pandemic amnesty okay it says vaccinated Amer juiced america has had enough juice refusers don't get to dictate terms anymore are we really getting the disease boosters every year forever it's a bad time to be a juice slacker the juice is not coming soon enough for nursing homes. The masks were working all along. Juices are great. Masks make them better. It's not juice hesitancy. It's disease denialism. Uh, new disease juices will be ready this fall. America won't be. Millions are saying no to the juices. What are they thinking? Juice refusal will come at a cost for all of us. Don't wait to get your kid juiced. But now they want to have a juice amnesty. <laughs> oh. So, moving along. Okay. Myocarditis after the disease juice. Pfizer and Moderna are tracking adverse health effects, if any, that may appear in the years following a diagnosis of juice-associated heart problems. See what I'm saying? Now, now they want to do a study on it. But they already knew what was going on in the, in the first place. They're just trying to jump ahead of it. This is one of the reasons why, when I talked about it on, I think it was the last show, the show before that, why I was in YouTube jail. Because now... You know what I'm saying? All of the the information is coming out about the juice. And now they're trying to catch up on people um people's conspiracy theories, so to speak. Um Y'all remember uh Biden said that he was going to pardon you know, the people that were jailed for marijuana possession. But it only came down to federal possession. The states had to do do it on their own. So recently on the United States Department of Justice website, an application was released for people in the federal jails 
to apply for their pardon. <laughs> Just like the shit with the um with the student loan um debt relief. And this is more coming down to it being more election bullshit because now you see after the election over all of the stuff with the uh debt student loan debt relief has basically been denied you know what i'm saying with people filing lawsuits and stuff like that so it was just like i said before all this shit be political shit trying to get votes or whatever and you see how it came at the last minute and you know what i'm saying to get people caught up because people there's a lot of people out here that's just followers and they'll just look at it like oh they doing something for us they doing something for us um moving along Philadelphia apologizes for decades of medical experiments on black people incarcerated in area jails that involved a component of Agent Orange. Earlier this month, the city of Philadelphia issued a long overdue apology for the unethical medical experiments performed on mostly black people incarcerated at its Holmberg prison from the 1950s through the 1970s. According to reporting by NBC News, Quote, the move comes after community activists and families of some of those prisoners raised the need for a formal apology. It also follows a string of apologies from various U.S. cities over historical racist policies or wrongdoing. End quote. Here we go again. More examples of black people being experimented on. And when what you- was um, one of the biggest who did they try to, to push to get the juice the most? Moving along. Chuck Schumer says Democrats want to pass an immigration bill because, quote, we have a population that is not reproducing on its own with the same level that it used to, end quote. So let me actually play the clip um, from this this press conference. And this is shit that I've been talking about way before, how they're trying to you know what I'm saying? Pull these um people in, these these immigrants in to fuel their base, to fuel the democratic base. You know what I'm saying? This is it's just a thing of them trying to use these people for them to stand to keep their political power and to also keep, you know what I'm saying, basically keep the status quo. And to get low-wage workers. But let me play the clip. Now more than ever, we're short of workers. Uh, We have a population that is not reproducing it on its own with the same level that it used to. The only way we're going to have a great future in America is if we welcome and embrace immigrants, the dreamers and all of them, because our ultimate goal is to help the dreamers but get a path to citizenship for all 11 million or however many undocumented there are here. Here go that key wording in that dreamer shit, and then you see all the people that are standing behind him is all Hispanics. The fact that he actually sitting here talking about something that there ain't enough workers. It's bullshit. We already, well, I ain't going to say we already know that because there's a lot of people out here that will believe anything that these motherfuckers will say. This shit ain't true. It's enough workers out here 
but they don't want black people working. It's as simple as that. And they want these low-wage immigrants up in here in the position. And they also want to put these immigrants in position in order to basically bribe them to be supporters of their party, the Democrat Party. All right, I'm, my time is dwindling, so let me see. Let me see if I want to keep going further. All right, because I'm coming up on two hours. Um, Let me see. Of course, the, our government is still giving money to Ukraine. I mean, um, just on November 23rd, U.S. sends another $400 million in weapons to Ukraine. Uh, oh, this article came out in the Washington Post. And once again, I will say this. This is not about me worrying about being right and all this other stuff or whatever. I'm all about the safety of the people and all this other stuff and informed consent. But... This article in the Washington Post that came out on November 23rd as well says vaccinated people, damn, juiced people now make up a, quote, majority of COVID deaths, end quote. It is no longer a pandemic of the unjuiced. Yeah, so hopefully, you know what I'm saying, I've been trying to code the words. Hopefully, you know what I'm saying, I don't get flagged again see i might not even upload the damn show to the youtube because i don't want to get my third damn strike <laughs> i might just chill on uploading the youtube so if y'all want to see the end credit scene that i was going to put up there just let me know <laughs> and i'll send i'll share it with you with the ring app story because i don't yeah i don't even want to upload the um the show to youtube now because i done slipped on my coded words um yeah so i think that's that's it for the blackity black woke segment um yeah i'm just trying to get back in the groove of things with this episode i you know what i'm saying i had to take some time off once again rest in peace to my cousin latasha renee silver um definitely gonna be missed um this death is definitely rock the family um yeah so uh shout out to everybody who listens to the show everybody who support the show um uh, i'm on spotify google play uh amazon apple podcast stitcher um i'm, I'm not going to upload this episode to youtube because i don't want to get my third strike i get my third strike the youtube page is gone i'm not even going to do it now because i slipped on my on my coded words but um i am recording so i'll go through and maybe use some of the clips and post them on social media a taste to consider network on instagram and um i got my my um main page as well on instagram you'll find it on the uh, taste to consider network page greatest i am blog.com i got a new blog coming soon um so just um be on the lookout for that um uh, make sure you like share download all that good stuff 
Um, you can download on all the streaming services, download, listen, and then undownload. So you won't, you know what I'm saying? You can get it off your phone. Um, yeah, share on social media if you like or whatever, you know what I'm saying? That's that's the only way, you know what I'm saying, I can get out there. If you support me, if I, the podcast can grow and all that good stuff. Um, birthday in five days if you want to shout me out, and you know what I'm saying? Support the show and all that good stuff. You know how to reach me, all that good stuff. Um, I'm working on some things for next year. That's why I'm trying to make sure I don't get my third strike on YouTube because of some some things that I, I would love to do that I've been working on planning for the YouTube page for next year. And um, I hope to bring that to y'all soon. So, you know what I'm saying? Uh Appreciate y'all. It's a taste to consider podcast. I'm your host, Dirk Silver, and I'm out.